Hi everyone and welcome back to the Unofficial Guide to Medicine podcast. Today is the sixth episode in our paediatric OSCE series and we hope you enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to the next Paediatrics and Child Health OSCE podcast. My name is Dr Ronan Pilkington and I'm currently one of the junior doctors working in the UK. Today, I'll be sharing some top OSCE tips, focusing on a station which involves a crying baby. This is a common scenario and usually involves taking a history from a parent who is worried as their baby seems distressed and won't stop crying. A worrying situation for any parent faced with this scenario. So, where do we start? Well, first, it can be helpful to recap the common causes of crying in babies. We can split these causes according to the time frame to which this has been going on for, whether it's a recent occurrence or whether it has been persistent since birth or for a longer period of time. Thinking about a more recent onset of crying, maybe just a matter of days, we should establish whether the baby is pyrexial or apyrexial. Pyrexial causes include infections, upper respiratory tract infections, urinary tract infections, otitis media, bronchiolitis, sepsis or meningitis. On the other hand, an apyrexial baby could indicate surgical causes such as intersusception, volvulus, obstructed hernia, testicular torsion or traumatic causes such as fractures, non-accidental injury, corneal abrasion or hair tourniquet. This is where loose hair wraps around the body part and cuts off the circulation, occurring because the baby's appendages are so small, so it's always something to bear in mind. Remember, a crying baby is usually trying to tell you something and it's your job to work out what. It's also important to note that sometimes babies can cry post-immunisation, so it's important to cover any recent immunisations in your history taking, although you should automatically be covering this anyway. So, we've covered acute onset of crying and looking at the various causes depending on whether the baby is pyrexial or apyrexial. So let's move on to some more persistent causes now. So we can split this into whether the crying is normal pitched or high pitched. High pitched causes tend to signal cerebral irritation within the baby, including causes such as birth asphyxia, a shaking injury, severe infection or genetic conditions. Therefore, if a parent describes their baby's crying as high-pitched, this should always be a red flag for more serious causes requiring further investigation. Normal pitch crying has more differentials, which can still be serious, but tend to be linked to more the GI tract or the skin. GI causes include colic, gastroesophageal reflux, a cow's milk protein intolerance or even constipation. Always ask how the baby's bowel habits are and establish how frequent or infrequent nappies are being changed. Oral thrush, nappy rash and eczema can also lead to a persistently agitated and crying baby, emphasising the importance of a thorough investigation as the parent may have missed this too. With all babies, it's acceptable to completely undress them for head to toe to ensure no rashes, bruises or birthmarks are missed. Finally, teething can also lead to persistent crying. I think it's also important to note at this point that sometimes parents can be quite anxious, especially if this is their first newborn. So try to establish exactly how frequent the baby is crying so you can work out whether this is an abnormal level or a normal level with less serious causes. So, 
Now we've covered the causes, let's dive into your history-taking structure. Alex, in the first podcast, has already discussed some general tips for paediatric history-taking. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, check it out. But essentially, you want to start like any other history, and that's by investigating the presenting complaint. Ask about the onset and establish whether it's recent or persistent. How often does the baby cry and what is the duration like each time? To give you an idea of normal crying, well, a normal baby's crying tends to increase in frequency from birth to an average peak of about 2.5 hours a day by two months. So, if a one-month-year-old baby is crying for the majority of the day and night, this should be ringing alarm bells. Establish whether the crying is intermittent or constant. Intermittent crying tends to be linked to the GI causes listed earlier, such as infantile colic, gastroesophageal reflux or a cow's milk protein intolerance. So investigate whether the crying relates to feeding and remember that colic tends to occur more frequently at night. Establish the character. Is it high-pitched or distinctive? And ask about triggers such as feeds or recent immunisations. Next, ask the parent whether anything has helped and what they have done to try and soothe the baby. For example, an upright posture can help with reflux causes. In a similar sense, ask whether anything has made it worse. If an upright posture helps with reflux, you can guess that lying flat usually makes this worse. Finally, it's important to ask about associated symptoms and signs, such as fever, thinking back to our pyrexial causes, whether the crying is linked to the baby drawing up their knees or back arching, which tends to be characteristic of infantile colic, and then ask about any rashes and the appearance of stools, including consistency, frequency and the presence of any blood. Finally, ask whether any investigations have already been done so far. Next up is our past medical history. So, perform a systematic inquiry into other signs and symptoms. A few tips. Loose stools could indicate a gastroenteritis and buzz phrase alert if a question or station mentions a stool similar to red currant jelly, think intersusception. Directly cover rashes, strong smelling urine, cough and chorizial symptoms. Then, go on to take a full paediatric history covering drug history, growth and development, nutrition, family history, immunisations and finally a social history. A helpful memory aid is BINDS, B-I-N-D-S. This covers most of these things and reminds you to ask about them in a pressurised OSCE scenario. B for birth, I immunisations, N neonatal issues or ICU admissions, D development and growth and S social history. It's always useful to have a memory aid to fall back on whether you are under pressure in an OSCE. Finally, it's worth asking whether there is any other information the parent feels may be relevant that hasn't already been mentioned previously, or whether they have any ideas about what could be the cause, any specific concerns or expectations from you as a clinician. If you ever freeze in an OSCE, remember ICE, I-C-E, ideas, concerns and expectations, and let the patient direct your consultation. 
So that's all for today's podcast, but for more detailed exploration into some of the causes for a crying baby and the associated characteristics, check out the unofficial guide to passing Oscar's textbook and the unofficial guide to paediatrics. Don't forget to tune into the next podcast for more paediatric Oscar hints and tips. Thank you for listening. Thank you everybody for listening. There'll be another Paediatrics Oski podcast released next week. If you would like to keep up to date with when we release our podcasts, please go and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. See you next week.